Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that Early Childhood Nerd Podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hey everybody, thanks for coming back for another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. Tiffany and I are ready to continue the last episode's conversation about providing time for regular reflection and self-examination. So on the first half of this, we kind of focused on what reflection meant and why it was valuable. So now we want to talk about how to do it, some ideas, some of our own experiences. There's some stuff in this Carter and Curtis reading that maybe we can dig into. Yeah. Are you ready? You know what all I can th- think about right now? No. The Dr. Dre song. What? Hold up. Hey. It's the next episode. La na 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 na. Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I next episode. have no idea what you're talking about. I know Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. Not personally. I know who they are. <laughs> but I, I don't I don't get that reference. <laughs> Grandma doesn't it's understand. Next, it's the next episode, all right? I'm going to have to check it out now. I'm going to use yep. that little clip of you every time I divide an episode into two parts now. Beautiful. <laughs> it's going to be great. All right. So Hope anyway, fun. we ended talking about, um, how did you say it? Once you, What was your bold statement? Once you find... Once you find the reflective practice that works for you, you cannot live without it. All right. So, what works for you, Tiffany? I journal. I do like a visual journal. So, I take uh, what I call field notes throughout the day. Uh Uh-huh. I have my little... I'm using it right now. I have my little notebook. Uh And I write down things that I am curious about and things I think about, things I'm frustrated about throughout the day. Um, And then at the end of the day, I put together this journal for the, I mean, the journal itself is for the kids, but I have to, if I don't do the journaling, I feel empty inside. (laughs) So at the end of the day, we read our story of the day and there are pictures of the kids and like notes about what we were doing and connections to yesterday. Uh Um, and we have a page for every day, and I can't live without it. That's cool. So maybe someone who was just trying to get started in developing habits of reflection for themselves, maybe prompt questions are a good way yeah. to go. Like maybe you just commit that every day you're going to try to find something you're curious about, or you're going to yep. write write about something that frustrated you during the day, and just mm-hmm. process it through in that way. Yep. Um, because like any new practice, it seems overwhelming to think about going from where you are to being full on immersed in the new practice. Yeah. So maybe. I think the core of it is curiosity. Uh-huh. You have to learn how to be curious. Right. And so what's up with that? Why do we have to learn to be curious? Is this the same thing? School has just mashed it out of our brains? Because we're all kind of born that way. We we're are. pretty I think curious. It's the same- the same thing as the Pablo Picasso quote about how every child is an artist. Uh-huh. And you have to remember the trouble is as adult you forget or something like that. Uh-huh. That was excellent quoting. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a good quote. That was good really quote. good. Really good. You forget um, something and do something. You forget something and you, you got to do something. something. And then you're something something. Right. Yeah. 
Right. Well, mic drop. It <laughs> 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 was a subtle mic drop. Yeah. Because um, I think that's a big frustration for me uh-huh. in w- watching other people's practice. And this is going to sound super judgy, but that's kind of my thing, I think. <laughs> uh, is I don't see curiosity. Like, I just see... Um, people go to frustration so quickly yeah. without wondering why why did they do that or what were they trying to do or what was their idea what led up to this yeah and i just i just wanted i like so the other day yeah day before yesterday this mm-hmm. we were out on the playground and it's been a rainy week so there's lots of mud and yeah. uh we were out on the playground and this little two-year-old girl walked up to me with a smirk on her face uh-oh. And a clump of dirt in her hand. Yeah. Put the dirt in her mouth. Oh. And then licked my pants and ran away giggling. Not <laughs> <laughs> a big mud smear on my pants. And I thought, why not just mash the clump of dirt on her pants? Yeah. Why? And why then I was like, that was I, I want a printout of the thought process that led yeah. up. Like, how far in advance had she planned that, putting it in her mouth? Yeah. And then licking me, or was it a... Like, I, that that just happens to me all day. <laughs> Not the licking, yeah. but the wondering and the curiosity. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes my day so fun. So to, fun. To feel that way and to... In, instead of being like, oh, that's so gross. How could you do that? That's gross. Get that mud out of your mouth. Don't lick me. The, that all may be true. It was pretty gross. Right? But, uh... Yeah. But that... I, I was... But it was intriguing. Sorry to go there. It yeah. was... <laughs> Yeah. I think having driving <laughs> questions is really helpful. Okay. You have some examples? So your driving question is like, how did we get here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How um, did you get here? How did you <laughs> arrive at this? Yeah. Um, also, uh, what was their idea? Mm-hmm. I like to think about, and I even with toddlers, I talk all the time, and I'll, I'll say things like, I can see you have an idea. I'm just going to watch and see what happens. I'm going to watch and see what your idea is. Um, yeah, and and so that's one of the questions I ask myself a lot. If if I'm what is what what was the idea that they were trying to work through? Yeah, I often say, "What was your plan?" Mm. And I are the children like able to answer that? that? Um, sometimes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Usually, that question works best when they're frustrated because their plan isn't working. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. One or two, but one now, or two year olds that doesn't really work. But yeah, I like your question better though because it it implies like a certain level of in the moment. Yeah, and I want to just to- clarify: I'm not saying what were you thinking, right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm wondering internally with myself: what do I think they might have been trying to do? Because then working through those answers myself. Uh, I mean, it's one thing if you can get that answer from a child, that's very valuable conversation to have. And it shows that you respect their ideas and their processes and their development. But for myself, for reflection, I'm thinking through the possibilities of what their idea might have been. And that's developing some flexibility in my thinking, I feel like, Mm -hmm. that helped me to then be a better responder going forward. Yeah. Um. I'm going to plug John Muir Laws right now. Okay. He has some uh, lectures on YouTube. Uh-huh. And one is... Is his name John Muir Laws, or does John yes. Muir have laws? 
No, his okay. name is John Muir Laws. <laughs> okay. Uh, and he has a whole lecture that's like an hour and a half long on being curious. Uh-huh. And it's he's a nature drawer. He His profession is that he makes guidebooks. Cool. And he illustrates them all. Um, and it's called, I think it's called a curiosity framework. And it's excellent. Mm-hmm. Because he, he talks about um, all sorts of different questions that he asks himself when looking at animals that mm-hmm. 100% apply to children. So I'm just going to quote some right now. Um, Do it. His, his three questions are, what does this remind me of? What do I notice and what do I wonder? Ooh, I like those. And it to me, that's like finding the corner. Uh-huh. You know? When you see something, you can say, oh, this reminds me of that other time. What worked other? Or this reminds me of a different type of play that I notice in my dog. <laughs> that came up recently where... Like, when a kid always comes last to school, it's like they never get to form the pack. Ah. And it, when you bring your dog to a doggy daycare place, they ask you to come and be the very first dog so that your dog gets to observe and set the tone. Ah. Like, oh, that reminds me of the kid that comes last every day who never gets to oh, set yeah. the tone. We were just making comparisons to dogs this week. <laughs> My yeah. co-teacher and I. Well, because we've, you know, we've got one and two-year-olds, and we've got three who are pretty close in age and are younger than everybody else. Of our, so we've got yeah. of our ten, seven are two and and have been two for a while, and then we've got three that are about eighteen months. And those three yeah. just roll around on each other, and they want to be sitting on each other, and they hate yeah. it, but they got to be touching each other. Yeah. <laughs> so we were like, this is a lot like a litter of puppies. <laughs> Yeah. And dry and just come, you know, trying to decide what we could draw from that. Um, but I don't want to go down to, uh, you know, down the taking care of kids is like taking care of dogs path because. Yeah, no, but it is <laughs> valuable to say this reminds me of. Yeah. Yes. XYZ. Yeah. I just have had yeah. too many people say, have you ever watched that dog whisperer show? Because I feel like you could really use some of those things with your kids. Ooh, yeah. What? Not, no, not for me. Uh-uh. Um, okay, so that one of one of your tools for reflecting is that you've got a journal. Yep. And it's not like a dear diary situation. It's no, you're kind of keeping I, notes all day, and then you. Yeah, um, I I do mine by focusing on six different kids every day. Mm-hmm. And my driving question is, where are you at? With those kids. Yeah. Yeah. And what's at, I have a lot of steps. Yeah. Because I'm really into this. So then I also made myself a Google form <laughs> that I fill out at the end of the day for each kid because... Because you like worksheets. It, it feels like worksheets, but I love it. <laughs> That's so, what I said. You like worksheets. I do love worksheets. So I made myself a worksheet. And the reflection for me isn't just about in the moment. It's about uh-huh. looking at the past towards mm-hmm. the future. Right. So I'm able to look at this and say, oh, this kid loves to break the chalk apart into tiny pieces and at first that's where it started and then he started coloring on himself (laughs) and then he started coloring on the ground and then he started coloring on paper and now he loves these oil pastels and he's shifting to crayons interesting Mm -hmm. whereas in the moment you just be like ah 
bring that chalk again. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so being able to see that past and where we're headed towards the future, I can say like, oh, he's interested Mm -hmm. in crayons on paper. Mm -hmm. I wonder if I put a paper on a vertical surface and I have all that chalk out, if he would be interested in that. Is that Mm -hmm. where he's going? Right. Or is he aiming more towards, does he like the power of breaking it himself? And so he needs something that feels powerful, like mixing the paint colors and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it it helps me sort of pinpoint where I'm headed. How can I change the environment? How can I change me to be more supportive to where they're at? Right. And if, if we can do that enough, because like anything, it takes practice, any new skill, if we do that enough, we will develop a habit of thinking. And that's what Margie Carter and Deb Curtis that's how they define their use of the word disposition is it's a habit of thinking to where you eventually that I wonder why he's doing this becomes the natural response instead of damn it he's breaking chalk again most of the time I mean we're not going to ever be perfect and so there will definitely be days that we are frustrated at the broken chalk but but we develop that ability to go first to the reflection instead of first to the the annoyance or whatever yep as we and practice think, it over time. I think I won't need to use my Google form forever. Uh-huh. But that's part of training my brain. Right. It started out by writing it all by hand. And then I was like, oh, this is taking forever. I need, like, the the writing it all out by hand isn't what is valuable. It's the hmm. looking at the past and moving mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. So why do you think that this is one of the things, this is one of the dispositions that's, that sets teachers, master teachers apart from regular old teachers, this ability to provide time for reflection and self-examination. I mean, do we need to look at the opposite or have we already done that enough? Looked at what the opposite looks like when a person isn't reflective? Uh, I think a person who isn't reflective is a person in burnout. I think in burnout or in survival. Yes. Either yes. way, I think it's it's one end or the other. You know, yeah. we haven't talked about Lillian Katz's four stages of teacher development for a while. That first stage, <laughs> that first stage survival. is survival, and some um, people are just trying to get through their day. And and survival doesn't necessarily mean, as a reminder, or people who haven't heard us talk about this before, that you're new or that you're early yeah. in your career. It just means that you could stay in that survival stage for your whole career. Yeah, where you, your goal is just to get through the day. A, getting stuck in any stage is burnout. Probably, yeah. Opinion. Okay, you've been on a burnout kick lately. I got a little burnt out. <laughs> sorry, I'm thinking about it a lot. <laughs> I gotcha. And you know what got me out? Well, there? I'm sorry I brought your pain to the forefront. <laughs> no, I'm, the thing that got me out of it was mm-hmm. saying I'm feeling burnt out. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I'm not reflecting. And that's when I, like, developed all my systems. I started trying everything. Like, Uh I need to do something differently. Mm -hmm. I'm having the same problems every day. Mm -hmm. So how do I get myself out of this feedback loop? Where's Mm -hmm. my corner? Gotcha. The best thing I did, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Okay. I started writing down every time I had a power struggle. Mm Mm-hmm. And I realized that my good days when I was happy about my job were days that I didn't have any power struggles. Uh-huh. And the days that I was frustrated and all that, I was having a lot of power struggles. So then I was like, whoo, who's initiating this power struggle? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do I get rid of it? 
so I don't even think about it. And yeah. now there are days where I don't even have one. Yeah. So I think that's that's a good example of the question I or a good answer to the question I asked about why this is identified as a disposition of a good teacher because otherwise you would have been stuck yeah in that you know more negative place um and i think that whatever your struggle is whatever your frustration is um looking at what we can do what power do we have sometimes we don't have a lot of power but sometimes but there's always a little bit of power whether that's yeah. to change, you know, we talked about reframing and relabeling. Um, yeah, you have power over yourself. Trying something new, like your yeah. your driving questions and um, reframing, mm-hmm. all really feeds that way. Um, I'm gonna plug this John Muir Laws again. The YouTube video is <laughs> called "Asking Questions." Okay, and I it is what helped me get out of my burnout okay. cycle. If I think about it, I'm going to say it so that if I think about it, um, I'll post a link to the YouTube video when the with the podcast link. Like when this yeah. comes out, we'll post. Asking yes. questions. John Muir, Muir Laws. Cool. Um, let's see. One of the things... So so this, this all comes from... Um, this whole conversation about these dispositions comes from the book Training Teachers by Deb Curtis and Margie Carter. So what they're doing is they're um, talking a little bit about what they mean about that disposition, and then they have training strategies that can be used with people who are working with young children. So reflective writing is a big piece, one of their strategies. They also, oh, there it is. Tiffany has it. She's showing it to me. I just bought it. Yay. I love it. I I say this every time. I was not even in a position of training teachers or anywhere near it when I bought the book, but it still changed me professionally to read read the book. Yeah. And um, and really anything by those two authors, I... I buy, I know I'm going to mourn it when it's done. So it takes me a little while to get into it. Yeah, And then yep. I mourn it when it's done. Like I knew I would. And, um, and then I talk about it obsessively, um, on places like the podcast. Yeah. So it's a great, yeah. it's a good one, but they, they also really look at, um, using your own memories to, as a reflective tool. So one yeah. of the examples they give was a bedtime memory, close your eyes and think about bedtime in your family. Who was there? What was it like? Is there anything that influences your rules or demeanor around nap time with children? So so that's another how-to-reflect tool, I guess, would be if there's a particular part of your day or a particular characteristic about a child that's really um, that you really struggle with, trying yeah. to connect that to something in your experience and really trying to dig in and wonder where that's coming from. Um, yeah. Which is a difficult thing to do for some people. My, you know, my childhood memories are not all great. A lot of them are, despite having a pretty shitty situation for a lot of that time. But so I know that that's hard for some people, but um, it's perspective taking sometimes is part of our reflection is where is this coming from? Why is it so different from the way I think about things? Um, Mm -hmm. Why do I feel like we're coming from different places sometimes? Just being open. It's really difficult yeah. sometimes. It is. How many times can I say sometimes in a sentence? A lot. 
Sometimes. Sometimes it's a lot. Sometimes a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. What else do we want to say about it? We talked to... Do you have other tools? Like, I I am not... I'm not good at formal reflect. Like, I don't journal. Yeah. I would love to journal. I love pens. I love notebooks. I love writing things. But I'm, but I'm, I'm much more of a, a verbal yeah. processor. So sometimes it is just ranting to someone else and seeing where that rant takes me. Because it may start out in frustration, but by the end of the rant, I've sort of gotten to that wondering right. uh, part Why of it. Why do you think I love podcasting? <laughs> Same. Podcasting is you, that verbal uh-huh. is part of my reflection. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Um, I was okay. So there's like the three types of learners, right? Are Visual, there? Visual, auditory, kinesthetic. That is three. It's not the only three. three. What are the other ones? Howard Gardner has like eleven now. He's up to a bunch now. Oh right, but weren't those like not real? Um, I don't know that they're not real. I think that people think that they're too limited sometimes or that. I think people misunderstand Gardner a lot of times and they think you are either this or that. When everybody has elements of all those intelligences, some of them are just... the multiple intelligences is what you were thinking. Yes. Um, Anyway. In grad school, they harp those three bases. You've got the people who learn by listening, people who learn by talking, people who learn by doing. Right. Right? Yes. I think as a society, we value people who learn by writing more than others. Uh-huh. Or listening. Or listening, Sometimes. yeah. Well, yeah. our teaching styles yeah. value people who, who learn by yeah. listening. Yeah. Okay, and so... And just thinking about, like, oh, the, the person who draws to reflective practice. Uh-huh. Somehow that's not as valid as somebody who writes an essay. I don't think that's true. But I think that we personally hold that ideal. Right. Why do you think? Is it back to that idea that drawing is more frivolous and writing is more academic? I think it's We don't play. value art. It's playful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it comes down to play as a four-letter word. Hmm. Uh, and I think that that will be the hardest thing for people that don't necessarily, like you said, that don't journal, that don't reflect through writing, is to feel valid about whatever way it is that works for you. Mm-hmm. So, so what would what would ref, what might reflection look like? Intentional reflection, providing time for that for someone who's a kinesthetic processor learner. Do you think? I'm really asking. I, think, I don't know. I think sketching is a great way. Oh, okay. To do it so that's yeah, i mean that makes that's sense. one way yeah sketching painting drawing mm-hmm. just uh, acting on it in some other way than yeah sketch noting is also a really cool visual thing like how do i process what happened today oh. in this visual way because i think another aspect of reflection is and maybe this isn't really the place for it but mm-hmm. The ability to share it with other people holds true to that. So if mm-hmm. you're just reflecting for you, that's different than reflecting and showing it to other people to open that conversation. Uh-huh. Do you think... Is is there a hierarchy in reflection, in reflective practice? Like, do we start with ourselves and then we want to eventually be reflecting with others? Or does it depend on... 
I wouldn't call it a hierarchy. Yeah. I might call it a continuum. A continuum, yes, that's a better word. Um, but is it a necessary, like, is it necessary to keep moving down the continuum, or is it okay just to be in your own head reflecting for yourself? I think that it's fine. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I'm not challenging you. I'm I wondering feel, out loud. Uh, I feel like I seek other people to either challenge my ideas or validate them. Mm-hmm. And so that is valuable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not for me to say what's valuable to other people. <laughs> That's necessary for them. Yeah. I just think that if you're not reflecting with others, then you're reflecting in a vacuum which is how you get stuck. Sure. But maybe not. Yeah. Well, and it, you know, it's like anything, there's no right or wrong, black or white necessarily, maybe, but you're right. Do you really, do you miss out on growth for yourself if you're just keeping it within yourself? Like one of the, and it's from another Margie Carter, Deb Curtis book. And I don't know if it's their invention or if I just read about it first in their book. I've mentioned it before, I think, but the idea of having a critical friend, Yes. For your own professional growth. And that's not a friend who criticizes you. It's someone who can help you think critically through your reflection and your professional growth and development. And I think that's what you're maybe talking about is um, finding those people who validation certainly is a good thing, but also who challenge you and make you think a little differently or just make you explain so that you understand a little bit more deeply. So there's an element of, uh, of that in this conversation about reflection too, is how are we growing once we've developed that reflective habit and thinking about it as a continuum, Mm -hmm. if you're a boss or you're in, you know, you're the leader of your school, you're the principal, you're overseeing other teachers, Mm -hmm. knowing that that reflective practice might need to start on a personal level before someone is willing to share it with you. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I get frustrated sometimes Mm -hmm. is that I want other people to share it with me so we can be part of this team together. Yeah. But you have to be at a certain point before sharing is valuable. Or feel safe. Yes. Or feel safe. That's probably a big piece of it too is who do I trust enough to open myself up? Because there's vulnerability in real reflection. Yes. And not all of us are comfortable with vulnerability, Heather. (laughs) it's not my jam as i say yeah yeah um so that's that's hard for me admitting an imperfection because that's what wondering feels like for some people If, if you have to admit that you don't already know an answer who's who's going to perceive that as me trying to grow and who's going to perceive that as um me being less than them because I yeah. because I don't know or because I wonder is a yeah. risk involved too. And um, Laura and I did an episode about the disposition that master teachers are willing to take risks. So I think reflection falls into that category too. Yeah. Um, and sometimes... Sharing your reflection. Sharing oh, your reflection. No, well, sometimes oh, I think I think there's some risk in just engaging in reflection because what if you learn something weird about yourself or something yeah. that challenges what you thought you knew and, and did? So mm-hmm. it's it's less of a risk because it's just you and yourself, but it's still a risk, I think. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. But do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's where I'll leave that one. It's risky, but maybe try <laughs> it anyway. Do it anyway. 
Um, if you're scared, call the... me and Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> more from the boss's perspective. Uh-huh. If someone is reflecting with you, that doesn't mean they need an answer. Oh, that was so hard for me to learn when I first was a center director. You're right. Yeah. Um, I wanted to solve all the problems and be the expert. And yep. I had to really learn to... In fact, I had some reflective questions posted on my desk so that I could remember. Tell yeah. me more about that. Or why do you think you've decided that? Or what does that look like when you're trying that idea? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you said that because that was really hard. And that, that is something that I encounter frustration with. And I know that about myself now, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah. Is that I love social reflection. Uh-huh. And that's why this question has been interesting. Yeah. When it, it went an interesting direction here. <laughs> the, the reflecting with other people is very important to me. Uh-huh. And when I seek out that reflection from someone and all they want to do is fix it. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out all these different avenues. Yeah. How can we ask more questions? Well, hang on to it that. Shuts it down. Yeah, hang on to that because the next disposition we're recording about is collaborating and seeking peer support, and that fits. Don't use it all oh, here. Auntie, <laughs> don't blow it too early. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, sorry to interrupt, but really, I want you to hold on because we're going to yeah, do yeah, that yeah. one I'm next. Right, I'm writing so. it down. Okay, perfect. Um, well, let's let's try to wrap this one up. Do you have final thoughts other than the one I just told you not to say? Uh, yeah, my <laughs> final thought is think about things that you find fun, fun ways to process your learning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because it's fun, it has value. Yeah. Because it is grown-up play, it has value. Uh-huh. Don't devalue the way you learn. Right. Good. Yay for you. You got it. Well, and I'm just thinking about things like, you know, maybe it's when I'm knitting something and I just yeah. let my mind go. And that's that's where a lot of reflection happens for me. Um, uh, and and don't don't just stop with thinking about what's frustrating or what went wrong or what you didn't like, but you can think you can be reflective about what went good. Well too. Like today was great. Why was it so great? Why was I so happy when I left work today? Yeah. It's not usually the case or whatever. Um, what is it about the mornings that I like so much better than the afternoons and that kind of stuff. So, um, we, I, I sort of took us down mostly the negative side of things, I think with the quote that I started it with, but that's where people get stuck. Yeah. If things are going great, you're not like, Oh man, things are going great. Bummer. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) When things are going well, you're like, I don't want to change things. Right. But it has value. Yeah. and then, Bring so that's when yeah. having it as a habit and something yes, that you exactly. are in the, in the habit of making time to do comes in yes. because, yeah. because it just happens then. Yep. All right. And it's especially helpful reflecting on the good things are mm-hmm. especially helpful for kids that, um, frequently have hard days. Oh yeah. Today was a good day. What was different about today? Uh huh. They didn't come with this X, Y, Z expectation. There were fewer kids here. Uh-huh. There was more sunshine. Just like thinking about that. How All can the I make, possibilities. Yeah. How can I make the next day? Let's try. Uh, oh, we spent more time outside. So let, I'm going to try to plan more time outside on Thursday when I know she's here and see mm-hmm. if that's 
Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Good one. We'll end it on that. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Tiffany. Thanks, Heather. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you again. Bye-bye. Bye. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on. Thank you.